What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, tonight we're debating whether or not atheism leads to societal moral decay. And we are starting right now with Samir's opening statement. But first, let me read just a bit about Samir to introduce him. Samir is a Muslim by birth, then by conviction, who describes himself as a person who loves debates because he loves people from all walks of life. Glad to have you with us, Samir. The floor is all yours. Thank you very much, James. First, I would like to uh, say uh, hi to everyone in uh uh, in the chat and uh, to everyone that's going to watch the video recorded. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim wa salatu wa salam ala azkar mursaleen Sayyidina Muhammad Khayatib al-Nabi'een wa al-Wasul ajma'in. First of all, I would like to, uh, and please forgive me if I don't sound like a debater. Uh, I don't speak fast, but uh, I'll, I'll try. Okay, so I, I prepared a little something and I would like to, that I would like to share with you guys. And first, I would like to lay the ground for, uh, for my position. So before I embark on this topic of morality, I would like to establish why it takes more faith to believe that we, were, that, that we every living species, and the whole entire universe are the result of winning numbers of a cosmic lottery explosion that supposedly happened 14.7 billion years ago. I would use this series of questions and remarks to make that point. Number one, if we invite 100 of the smartest people on the planet to a certain country and ask them without any prior knowledge of the local culture to go on stage and perform a local folkloric group dance, a dance that includes different formations, coordinated dance moves, different change, changes of, of dance partners and group formations. I would say that the odds of my smart buddies performing the whole 15 minute dance routine without any prior knowledge of it would be exactly zero. Now, if we, if we would use the same analogy and replace the smartest people on earth with the dumb newborn particles that just came into being after nothing exploded. 
what are the chances that these dumb particles would know exactly what to do, who to bind with, uh, who not to bind with, when to change states, and and what the temperature is outside, and how to come together into groups to form larger particles or molecules, still blind on what they're supposed to do. Now they need to bind together again to form stars, stars they should somehow have gotten the recipe to make from mother nothing. And these stars now, of course, will know to cluster into galaxies. Because if, of, because of, if, of course, mother nothing said, because of course, mother nothing said, let there be gravity. Oh, and if stuck, make up an imaginary new force and call it dark energy to help you. Further, these stars will also need to know to resurrect themselves into new stars after they have gone supernova. The atheists always mock uh, and ridicule the Quran, the Bible, and the Torah by calling them man-made fairy tales. How is this for a fairy tale? Even if we grant that matter can come into being from nothing, which is totally illogical, we can't even begin to accept that the information and the laws governing their behaviors will also come from nothing. Information can only come from intelligence. So just like our hundred smart friends would never be able to perform the simple dance routine, a billion Big Bang would never result in laws of physics, or even more, a fine-tuned universe. Earth did not even uh, Earth did not even live long enough to satisfy. I mean, I mean, this is premise number two. Earth did not even live long enough to satisfy the odds of a single chromosome happening by chance. The largest chromosome in the human body contains two billion atoms. If and this is one of twenty-three. If evolution was trying one combination of atoms every single second for the last four and a half billion years, that wouldn't make even a microscopic dent in the odds needed to perform such a task. In order to try every single at atomic uh, uh, combination, and even without ever repeating a previous mistake, to make a single chromosome, evolution has to test out, has to test this out, of this universe, this has to test this out of this universe number. Really, uh, uh, if the universe, okay, so I'm sorry, I apologize. I have to stand okay. away from the camera and it's, the text is getting smaller. Try to make it a little larger. Sorry, I no apologize. Problem. Okay, evolution has to test this out of the universe number. Really, it is out of this universe because even the total number of atoms in a visible universe couldn't be a visible entity next to it. That is one in two billion factorial odds. Also, to put that into perspective, 
the entire universe is not even old enough to allow for every single combination of 52 playing cards to be dealt, uh, to allow for every combination of 52 cards dealt to have already happened. If somebody was shuffling and dealing an entire pack of cards every second for the past 14.78 billion years, the, in fact, the odds of 52 cards being shuffled into uh, a previous order anywhere in the world, anytime in history, are slim to none. And this number is only, is only 52 factorial. So what do you think about 2 billion factorial? Now remember that those are just the odds of making a single chromosome by chance from atoms. Never mind the odds to configure dumb soulless atoms into a human, an elephant, a redwood tree, or a dinosaur. Premise number three. We are always reminded by astronomers that before T equals zero, there was no space, no times, and no laws of physics. Everyone heard this. And this is a self-defeating statement. Why? Because nothing, because if nothing was simply sitting there minding its own nothingness, it would need at least one law that tells it to go Big Bang. And if that's the case, we have at least one law that existed before the Big Bang. And that brings another problem for the atheist astronomer. If the law that told nothing to explode was there, one of them must have came before the other. Either the law was established before the nothing that exploded or the nothing that, ex that exploded existed before the law. And in either case or in either scenario, some, something happening before something else means exactly the concept of time already existed. This contradiction might cause a big problem for the atheist astronomer. But for the theist one, the answer is simple. God made the law, God made the time, and God made the matter. Now that I have established why there is a need for a creator, I can proceed to why morality needs to also come from the creator and be objective. Valid for all times, nations of humans across the globe. For the God that calls himself just, I would expect that by putting us on trial, he would set a set of rules for us to follow. I would expect he would show, the, show us the path and the rules, and that he did. 30 seconds left. Okay, I'll try. And as a mercy from him, I find that the second rule that... I found I find that a set of rules that he set for us are filled with mercy and clemency and aim for the greater good for all of us. One might argue that some of these rules seems to benefit the individual, but what good would that be if that if that benefit is at the expense of the greater community? Uh, I still have a few more lines to read, but I'll stop right here to respect my time. 
You got it. We're going to kick it over to Randall for his opening as well. I want to let you know, folks, if it's your first time here at Modern Day Debate, we hope you feel welcome no matter what walk of life you are from. And want to let you know as well, Juicy Debate coming up this weekend. You don't want to miss it. Saturday, Daniel Hakikachu, popular Muslim debater, takes on T-Jump. It is the immovable force versus the unstoppable object. Movable object unstoppable force it's going to be tremendous believe me you don't want to miss it that's on whether or not atheists are consistent skeptics that's going to be a juicy one so hit that subscribe button so you don't miss it and with that we're going to kick it over to randolph for his opening as well randolph richardson is an atheist activist from british columbia canada who advocates for the equality and normalization of people who don't believe in deities which entails advocating for fair justice freedom and critical thinking He's also the founding president of the Canadian Atheists, a national organization that promotes atheism and agnosticism as culturally common aspects of Canadian society. We're glad to have you here with us, Randolph. The floor for your opening statement is all yours. Thank you, James. I appreciate the introduction. Uh, Samir, um, my initial response to your opening statement is that uh, most of it doesn't seem to relate to the topic at hand, but I'll proceed with my statement for now and we can get into that after. So here goes. What is societal moral decay? This depends on yours and everyone else's moral standards, the general expectations of society at large, and whether you lean toward a more pessimistic or optimistic view of how key systems like justice should be applied. For example, should there be a greater emphasis on punishment or rehabilitation or something else? In my opinion, examples of the outcomes of moral decay include extreme attitudes of bigotry, including racism and sexism, social injustice, inactivity, and acts of coercion, fraud, violence, oppression, and other such dreadful behaviors. The source of such attitudes and actions are, it seems, far more varied than this short list. So, to pin all of this on any single ideology, or the lack thereof, would be an injustice considering the complex nature of modern-day societies, which tend to be shaped and influenced by a number of cultures and ideas that represent the diversity of the populace. But to even, name, but to even blame atheism for any moral decay is problematic, and for multiple reasons. I'll give you five. One, societal moral standards and expectations are the result of most, if not all, members and participants contributing, which makes it obvious for this fact alone that societal moral decay cannot be deemed exclusive to atheism. Two, empathy, compassion, and remorse, which are three essential factors in moral development, are not in the exclusive domain of atheism and by the same token, not inhibited by atheism, since every individual contributes to society in a multitude of ways. Three, atheism doesn't provide moral direction, since it is merely the classification of not believing in deities. Hence, it fails to qualify as influential to morality, ultimately leaving every atheist with an inherent freedom to independently determine what is or isn't moral, without need for divine interference or some other inconspicuous form of celestial guidance. Four, moral standards, which are not objective, vary from one society to the next, which is why it's necessary to also factor in laws and regulations communities and cultures, groups and various associations, and most importantly, 
all the individuals of whom the entire populace is comprised. Five, moral standards evolve in tandem with modern advancements, including social expectations that are tempered by cultures and politics, education and philosophy, poverty demographics and economics, a plethora of technological advancements, including science and medicine, and external factors too, like the impacts of environmental changes on people's lives that become significant aspects of their own decision-making processes. Overall, on its own, atheism doesn't contribute to social morals. In terms of demographics, however, this depends, incidentally to atheism, on each atheist's level of participation, which just so happens to also be the case for all members of society, regardless of whether they're atheists too. For everyone plays a role, however large or small, in shaping the moral landscapes of the societies within which we live and hopefully prosper in a myriad of ways. Because societal morals continue to change, continually change due to the ongoing choices and influences of all members of society, from the powerless to the powerful, from the poorest to the richest, from the ignorant to the educated, from the youngest to the oldest, from the simplistic to the cunning, from the thoughtless to the wise, and so on, the only logical conclusion rests with the obvious fact that atheism cannot be held responsible for societal moral decay. Thank you. Thank you very much for that opening statement, Randolph. And we're going to kick it into open dialogue. Want to remind you folks, as mentioned, hope you feel welcome no matter what walk of life you are from. And if you happen to have a question for the Q&A, you can tag me with at Modern Day Debate in the live chat, as well as if you want to do a super chat, we push those to the top of the list. And with that, thank you very much. Samir and Randolph, the floor is all yours for open dialogue. Well, Samir, uh, I think you mentioned you just had a few more sentences to read from your opening statement. If you wanted to continue with that, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, sure. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. So I said, as a mercy from God, I find that the set of rules set for us are filled with mercy and clemency and aim for the greater good for all. One might argue that sometimes these rules don't seek to benefit the individual or a certain individual. But what good would that be if that benefit is at the expense of the greater community? Subjective morality, on the other hand, tend to be influenced by personal needs, wants, and desires. Uh, subjective morality allowed for slavery when the slave owners found it convenient that other people are going to work uh, for them while they sat and smoked their pipes. And, and they justified that by the mere fact that these people had a different skin color and that morality was driven. So that morality was driven by selfishness. Uh, the conscience of, uh, of this subjective uh, moral person is then appeased by a, by a self-lie that those were inferior humans. And we've seen this throughout history uh, uh, whenever uh, some people conquer other or torture others. Subjective morality saw no problem with having sexual relationships outside of the marriage. This led to many problems in society, young mothers with children who can no longer focus on their schools or work because they have to single-handedly raise those children. And it's also, and it also results in children who grow up, who grow up without the meaning of a complete uh, parenthood. 
thousands of lives are ruined every year by this phenomenon. Yet the subjective moralist finds it okay because as long as there is a, as there is a selfish treat in the beginning for him, no one cares about the consequences. The examples are too many uh, to count, but I will move on to the next premise. If morality could be subjective, then there is no escaping morality being progressive. And that is a problem on, on itself, because if morality was to be progressive, then it would progress at different speeds and paces uh, based on geographic locations and communities and uh, cultures. And, and, and why is that a problem? Because if morals and ethics are different everywhere on the globe, then that leads to judgment, a term that is usually that usually most atheists don't like to hear, but often like to use. I also think also think about this. If someone else's objective morality seems foreign to you, then you should then you shouldn't be offended because according to you, what is subjective, what is objective to him is just subjective to you. So it should be just another uh, uh, subjective morality to you. His objective morality should at least stand an equal chance of consideration by yourself. That is, if you are really advocating for subjective morality, the opposite could not stand to be true because someone who believes in objective morality does not believe in subject in the subjective one. And I give you the back the mic. Okay, uh, you've uh, brought up a lot of points. Um, you're uh, making a number of assumptions. Uh, I think I'll start with this one you just covered. Uh, you're talking about the advantage. You're talking about morality if it was subjective, and then there would be morals and ethics that vary all around the globe from different societies. I, I agree. That's a fact. That's what happens. And um, I see that as... Uh, as a progenitor of um, uh, of more progress in our thinking, see if as, see in, with philosophy when you have when you don't have consensus, which is common in philosophy, you have a lot of disagreement. Um, this disagreement brings up um, opportunities to to progress the ideas to make them better. But if everybody's conforming to the same ideas and always following it and and following it and never questioning it, never changing it. A lot of opportunities, I feel, are, are missed for, for human progress, for intellectual progress, for philosophical progress, and, and all of this. You know, with science experiments, um, trying new things and trying to improve on things all the time, getting us to better health care, getting us to more efficient machinery that uses less fuel and things like this. This is all beneficial to us because of all this variation. Um this incurs judgment. Now, you talk about judgment as if it's a bad thing. Um, the atheists I know aren't having any problem with judgment. Um, I, I hear this typically come from religious people who are saying, don't judge. Um, so, and there's, there's nothing to atheism that says don't judge. Judgment is something that we do naturally. Uh, judgment is actually essential to our survival, in my view. Uh, but I, I'm curious why you are uh, considering uh, judgment to be a bad thing. And uh, and then I want to move into uh, morality um, and to find out more about your thoughts on it being objective, because you did mention about um, atheists seeing it as subjective, what a god puts out 
that it almost sounded like you're saying that was objective. So why is judgment okay, bad? Yeah, I, I can easily respond to that. Uh, okay. I'll give you an example. Even though I don't agree with this, but let's use this as an example because this is this is a result of subjective morality and the the evolution of morality throughout the globe. Uh, we all heard people complaining about why women couldn't drive in Saudi Arabia up until recently. Now they can drive. So supposedly it was a problem for them. It was a way where they could attack that culture that had a different set of moralities. So if morality is subjective and one would would actually bind you to his own set of morality based on, on geographic location where they live, why would they, you see that judgment now sometimes leads to more than a judgment. It needs to attacks, it needs to insults, it needs to, it, 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 it can lead straight up to what George Bush said, let's, he wants to free the Iraqi people. So, so this is what I'm talking about when we talk about judgment, judgment could lead to, to, to other things. Other consequences. And so are you suggesting that people shouldn't be using their mental faculties to judge? No. What I'm, what I'm saying is that if we use subjective morality, it has to be some boundaries to where that subjective morality is valid. We have even a bigger problem because even within those boundaries, we're going to find many different sets of subjective morality. Yeah. For example, just the age, the age of consent within the United States is different from one state to another. Okay. Indeed. Yeah, and uh, that's true. and what is what is what is legal in North Carolina or in Utah might be outrageous in New York and California. Mm -hmm. So so you don't need to travel through the time and go back to the sixth century to find something that you disagree with. You might find it right here with you. So my problem with this, with the subjective uh, uh, morality is that not only it could be split up into different states or cities or upbringings or neighborhoods or even individuals, it actually uh, creates this boundary between people because now they have no common grounds on which they can communicate. And this would result, would result into uh, into some other things that we see in the society, for example, like uh, introversion, where people just want to cut ties with everyone, so everyone else around them because they just, I mean, even introverted people will, will, will have some confidants, some friends that agree with their with their sets of morality, but there is not many of them, so they can't be social. They can go out in the public and, and live their life with everyone else because everyone else's sets of morality are different. So this is the problem with subjective morality. This is one of the problems. So you think that being an introvert is a bad thing? No, I don't think it's a bad thing. I'm trying I to understand why you're talking about no, introvert. Because you talked about it like it was something that's a problem. No, here it's, it's here's the deal. Like, I'm extrovert, okay? And at times, and I find myself having to be or to become introverted at times because the the sets of moralities that are around me at that time are not exactly mine some things that i do not agree with for example when i with my own family i try to i try to have that objective morality and raise them to those morals but then uh, uh 
in the society out there, there are different sets of moralities that would actually attack you and label you. For example, I'll ask you, uh, I'll ask you a question. Uh, and this is a topic that I would never bring in a single, in a, in a, in a regular conversation. So here I am about to bring it in. in, in uh, oh, this is and, not a regular conversation. This no, I mean, and, and, no, I, no, I said I would not even, even bring it in oh, okay. conversation. But here I am going to find myself use it, using it in, in, a, in a YouTube live. Uh, do you agree with the fact that even though you grant everyone the freedom to whatever, to do whatever they want with their life, and you say, I'm not getting involved in your life, do whatever you want, okay? Do you agree that, do you find it normal that if you try to raise your kids to be straight based on the objective morality of your religion? Are you okay? talking about which, sexual orientation? Yes, based on okay. based on the objective morality of your religion, which is which to somebody else is just another subjective morality. So if you want to raise your kids that way, uh, you find it okay that somebody will call you a homo. This is a very strange question. Uh, it, it, first it, first it, of it, all. First of all, it, any any in my view, any parent who raises their children to be a particular sexual orientation is cruel, because uh, the the child growing up um, is going to basically figure this out for themselves. And there are so many cases throughout history, even particularly re uh, recent, more recent contemporary history, where people have been keeping the term coming out of the closet is, is something that comes up because people are afraid to tell their parents about it when they're younger, because they know their parents will be very upset with them and possibly kick them out of the house. There's, there are cases where this has happened. This is not a problem with sexual orientation. The problem here is with the bad parenting, where people are trying to get their kids to live a certain way and be a certain particular sexual orientation. So, no, I don't raise my kids to be straight. Definitely not. That's up to them to determine for themselves. And whatever happens, I support it because when people can, um, and this has been shown time and time again, when people are not feeling hindered to express themselves uh, in the sexual orientation that feels natural to them, you get a better quality society as a result. So if somebody was to call me, you said they were going to call me a name, uh, you're going to, they were going to label me as a homosexual. Yeah. Well, when, not a homosexual, true, I, said, I didn't say that. I said they would label you as a homophobe. Oh. As a father who's trying to teach to raise their kids based on their religion teachings, and uh, and uh, basically uh, growing up a boy growing up as a boy or a girl growing so up the as a girl, here, and and you remember the new kids you're only raising them until they're eighteen, and then they're according to to the subjective morality of of the legal age at eighteen, then these kids are making their own decisions after that. But during parenthood. You, would, you wouldn't believe that you have some guidance over your kids and you could use your morality to raise your kids rather than the society or the oh. outdoor morality? So we raise our kids and our kids will usually adopt most of the moral, moral, moral standards that the parents have. Um, there is, if somebody's coming along and I, I'm, I'm having trouble understanding your question because the, you're covering issues that I think are not really 
uh, indicating any kind of a an inherent problem with the, with societal decay here. Um, people being free. Okay, so people who are um, trying to I can, I can wording, make the wording you used was based on religious teachings, and that's very different than strictly adhering to religious teachings. I'm glad you used that term because it's important to be flexible. Every person is an individual is different and is recognized under human rights charters all around the world that um, there's going to be variation with people. Um, so again, any parent who's trying to impose these kinds of things on their children, especially when the children don't have a choice about who they are, that just happens to be who they are, is being cruel. You know, imagine you're a child and you're uh, you have an interest in you want to do art or music or something you want to go to some classes and you want to do that and your parents are telling you you must not do that that's a terrible thing to do for whatever reason and they want you to study some other kind of academic topic some kids just aren't interested in the technical academic topics and uh, there's there's this idea some people have that the uh, observation some people make that certain parents are trying to live their relive their childhood through their own children and uh, unfortunately that robs the child of their own intellectual development and, and autonomy and uh, you know raising a child to me what's the most important thing is to raise my kids um, to have the opportunity to be free thinkers and develop their own ideas and be the best people that they can be the way they envision themselves. And my job as a parent, in my view, is to support this, not to uh, dictate to them that you must follow all this religious teaching or follow all of that kind of teaching. Sure, we teach them responsibility and things like that, practical things, and we make sure that they understand the importance of doing chores and stuff like that. But if one of my kids was to come to me and say that they're gay, I don't have a problem with it. That's up to them. That's their choice. And I support them on it. And every parent should have that attitude, I think. And, and to me, I consider the religious morals that push against this sort of thing to be um, sorely outdated. And um, they're, they're just not applicable in, com in, in modern times where we have a better understanding of human psychology than as a, a species that we did maybe 2000 years ago. And I, and I would say even back 1400 or 2000 years ago or whenever that um, a lot of these religions being imposed on society, it's the same kind of thing. This is to me problematic. You you talked about you're talking a lot about subjective morals. Do you believe that objective morals are a real thing? I don't. Okay, so th that's I'm gonna try to marry that with uh, uh, a little <laughs> rebuttal to what you just said. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now I uh, I'll ask you a question because I uh, just just to know uh, it will help me uh, better phrase myself. Uh, are you uh, are you atheist or agnostic? Do you not know out there what's out there, or no. or you know there is nothing? Okay, I, I'm both. I'm agnostic because I don't know for certain that there are no deities, uh, whether they exist, and I'm an atheist because I don't believe in any deities. So I'm okay. I'm, I'm, bo I'm in both classifications. Okay. So now, uh, now that well, I mean, why I ask this question is because this subjective let's say let's call the objective morality i like to call it subjective to the person that doesn't believe in objective morality because it would be just another subjective morality well, so let's yeah, call let's call the saying okay so let's call that subjective morality i don't believe that but 
I mean, to, to, to uh, meet in the middle ground. So let's say there are over 4 billion people on this planet. More than half people on this planet believe in God. Well, different and, deities and um, then there's different denominations. Okay. So me this, as a Muslim. This is me, an over, this is an over uh, statement of the situation. But okay. Okay. Me as a Muslim, I believe that, that the Christians were right, that the Jews were right, that every uh, godly religion from all the way from Adam and Noah and Jacob and Joseph, and they were all right. So I, uh, and I know that they, that. In my, my book tells me that it was 124,000 prophets. So I'm not, I cannot be atheist to the uh, Buddhism God or to this God because I don't know because only 25 of them were mentioned in the Quran. But I was told that it was 124,000. So I leave that window open. So, so I'm talking about people that believe in creation. If that makes it easier. Okay. So these people that believe in creation they all have one thing in common is they're trying to get to the afterlife. And by trying to get to the afterlife, they have these sets of moralities that they all call objective moralities. And those objective moralities are supposed to save them. You see, we don't use the word save a lot in Islam, but my friends, the Christians, they use the word save a lot. Uh, so uh, I, I agree. So they want to save everyone else. I'm pretty sure if you met a Christian person and had a conversation, he would have an open heart and try to save you. They feel that they feel that they want to save you. Oh, yeah. So, so it is cruel to to tell somebody who believes that the way is God, the way is God by God, tell him that he cannot teach that to his children because he believes that's the way he can save them. So if, if somebody's going out in the street trying to save other people, I mean, it, wouldn't it be immoral according to our objective morality? not to be able to save our children. I'm not talking about any sing single topic. I'm talking about anything that we believe goes against our belief when it comes to our children. Otherwise, I would be a hypocrite if I believe that something might cause uh, 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 God to be unhappy with my child and, and I assist them. Not even assist them. I mean... Uh, like the, 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 I mean, it could, it could be anything. But we're like we, we, we talked about homosexuality and, uh, and 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 this 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 is like it feels like to me like like it was, it's like almost like as as old as uh, the new wave of atheism. The new wave of of homosexuality is as old as the new wave of atheism. Like that was it. So it it feels like they, they they're born they're they're both in their youth. Those two waves, they're both in their youth. And I feel like the, the, the propaganda has pushed it more to become more of what it is than it was, uh, if that makes any sense. So if you're referring to a new wave of atheism, I, I think what you're noticing is that there's a lot more people who are willing to state publicly that they are not part of a religion, that they don't believe in deities, that they don't know if deities exist, the agnosticism. And I don't have any problem with that. Yeah. So it's and the reason this is the case is because there is greater uh, greater agreement throughout the world that human rights are important and must be respected, and then that people should not be thrown in prison for thought crimes. This is actually an advancement. This is not moral decay. This is quite the opposite of it, in my view. 
So, uh, and I did, my question that I asked you is like, do you believe objective morality is real? Yes, 100%. Every, every theist person believes that. Can you give me an example of an objective moral that would be applicable in this uh, debate? Uh, uh, for example, in Islam, it says you are not considered a Muslim unless you treat others, unless you love for uh, others that which you love for yourself. Okay. Um, this is not treat others like you treat yourself, but actually love for them that which you love for yourself. So you're referring to what the Christians call the golden rule, which comes from the Holy Bible, as far as I know. And then there's been other societies had different variants on it as well. Um, I actually think that there's a serious problem with the golden rule because uh, I think it's flawed, um, especially in a heterosexual relationship where moments of intimacy might be a very strong example where you're having um, where the golden rule says treat others the way you wish to be treated that's not going to work in a moment of intimacy in a heterosexual relationship, I can assure you. Um, there's uh, there's other things too. Um, people have different preferences on how they wish to be, how they wish for people to treat them and regard them. And um, this is this is the diversity in the world. The golden rule tries to bring about, a, a, in a subtle way, a sense of conformity. I suggest that um, there should be an, a better approach to this, that is that uh, we should strive to treat others in accordance with their preferences. And um, some people will immediately say, oh, that's the golden rule. No, it isn't. It's very specifically different because the golden rule is um, based on the assumption that everybody wants to be treated the same way. So. I see that as a failing in objective morality because individual preferences are varied, as you know. There, and you're talking about sexual orientation earlier, and that I think is a fantastic example of how people's preferences vary. Some people are bisexual, some people are homosexual, some people, like myself, are heterosexual, and the list goes on. There are people who are asexual; they have no interest in it at all. There are people who are sapiosexual; they're only turned on by intelligence, and, and there are different things. So these preferences are all over the board and the list goes on. So the golden rule doesn't work very well in a lot of these scenarios, unfortunately. You see, I'm, I'm sorry, I feel like what you, what, what you described is different than what I said because I did not... Well, hear, you did talk I, about I did, something that sounded like I, the golden rule. Um, no, what I said is that you're not a Muslim and you love for others that which you love for yourself, okay? There is no treatment here. There is no application of anything. Just in my mind, I, you don't have to abide by it. You don't have to follow it. Just in my mind, to be a true believer, I have okay. to love for you that which I love for myself. Mm -hmm. Okay? If you're, uh, uh, I, I don't know, if, uh, if you're playing a game, I, I would wish for you to win. If if you die, I would wish Likewise. for you to go to heaven. If Islam tells me that I'm not a Muslim, that if in my heart, I wish for you to go to heaven. So that is different. Okay? So, uh, like the examples that you said, do not apply to to to, to what? So are, you, are you saying that to, it states that to be a Muslim, you must not want other people to die and things like that? Is that right? Yeah, you must wish, must love for others okay. what you love for yourself. And so uh, that um, what comes to mind for me there that disagrees with that uh, is this. Uh, 
chapter 4, verse 89 of the Quran that instructs killing people who don't believe in Allah. You're familiar with that, I'm sure? Uh, okay. Uh, I, I don't memorize the whole Quran. So no, no problem. I, I, I don't expect let me, it. I, no, I, I, uh, I want to look it up. Yeah, that's fine. So so, you said 81? Yeah, uh, chapter 4, uh, verse 89. 89, okay. Yeah, and I uh, debated this recently with uh, on this channel with a modern-day debate here with uh, uh, a fellow, a gentleman named Amir, uh, uh, Nadir Ahmed. And I'm probably not pronouncing his name exactly right, but I'm trying. Uh, I apologize, Nadir, if you're listening to this. Um, he, um, he went on tried to argue that uh, the next two verses uh, uh, serve as a spot check. And uh, to me, that sounds like this part of the Quran, uh, the Islamic teaching is in disagreement with what you just told me. And I, and I think this is a pretty powerful um, uh, defeater for your, your claim that that qualifies as objective morality. Uh, myself, somebody who doesn't believe in Allah, you know, um, I, of course, have a big problem with that part of the Quran. Um, and my hope is that people don't follow it. Unfortunately, I, I look at extremists out there who follow it and take it seriously and try to exercise it. That is a problem. So I think this um, influence, Islamic influence in society, uh, this chapter and verse in particular, um, is a contributor to moral, societal, moral decay. Okay. Uh, I want to... Uh, Again, that, like takes, to... that takes the spotlight off of atheism, because atheism is not the exclusive arbiter of morality, which you're, you're stating by saying that objective morality is, is real. Uh, okay. Uh, so it sounds to me like you're, you're, you're not making the case here. No, it's... Uh, okay. Uh, I, I gotta correct you on uh, on what you said because uh, yeah, please do. Uh, because if you pick and choose through the Quran, you will probably we even say that in Arabic. Uh, we say Okay, so uh, basically, what it means is that what it's saying it's saying that that a uh, a bad deed it is for prayers. Who are distractors distracted from their prayers? Okay, okay. So, uh, so like when when the time calls for the prayer, I'm supposed to go and pray. So now we say that you cannot use half the verse. You can say, "Waylulil uh, musallim," a a sin for the prayers. So, so every verse has to be. Uh, you have to know the context. The context of that verse. And know who it was said. And if you read the verse before that, it was talking about the munafiqeen. Okay? The, 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 the munafiqeen, which is the, the hypocrites. Okay? That pretended to be with the Muslims in a Medina. But they were oh. actually they were actually with the, with the other side. Those so were called... Those how, were is called that, how is that uh, a good moral standard to put them to death instead of just excommunicating them, saying you're you're a hypocrite. Uh, you no, can't the be part of our the, group. No, the, the 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 verse asked them asked them to evacuate. Okay, but they actually were were coming back and fighting. Okay, so that's what God said that in that specific verse. But if you read the whole Quran, God in the Quran specifically said 
specifically said that God does not that God does not uh, remorse you or or uh, or uh, blame you for those who did not fight you and did not kick you out of your homes to be kind to them and be good with them or good to them or something. Because uh, uh, I'm translating from my head. There's no problem. So, so a verse is clear. God is telling you that the people that are kind to you, people who don't fight you and don't kick you out of your, out of your home, basically your land or whatever, God tells you that God does not does not tell you not to be kind to them in, as, op- as opposed to that he asks you to be kind to them and, uh, and, and good to them. Yeah, 349 so, seems to be focused on the act of killing uh, rather than acts of kindness. That's the problem I have with it. And it, it's it's good that you're mentioning context and whatnot. Um, it's just that being there, I, the next parts bring up what I called uh, three annoyances uh that there's three parts where uh, it specifies the conditions in more detail. It elaborates on them, saying if one of these, if these conditions are not met, then then you can kill them. It's giving them a license to kill for three things that annoy them. So of course, I will, uh, you know, I will ask you. I will ask we're not. You, I will ask we're not. You, I was just going to say. No, that's okay because just, it's just, because I was it's just going to be a derivative. We're not, we're not really here to debate the Quran. So yeah, exactly. Unless you're trying to use the Quran as an example of objective morality. No, I would use the Quran as a, as a let, 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 let me let me let me lay this because I, I'm I'm sorry you just, you just talked a little bit uh, more than I did so I had little chance to uh, uh, to reply. Uh, and number one, I would like for you for anyone to take a verse like the example you said, chapter four, the verse eighty nine. Mm-hmm. I would like for you to go to to the the the, the, the scholars that explain the hadith that tells you the historical. Because every verse in the Quran there is something we call asbab and nuzul. The reason I, I was I wasn't talking about hadiths. I was just talking about what's in the Quran. No, no, just I'm, I'm saying every verse. God. No, every verse in the Quran has something that we call asbab and nuzul. The reasons, the the reasons of the revelation, and those reasons of revelation are very specific to like uh, specific circumstances. For example, for example. Uh, uh, for example, if you read the, if you if you if you if you read the verse from Quran that says God is innocent from those you have made peace with, you would say, "Wow, what is that?" But if we if you if you read what 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 was it about? Because the Muslims have made peace with these uh, uh, people from 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 Arabia, and back then it was no it, it was the bit the wild the wild wild west. If you think that uh, that was the thing in the eighteen hundreds in the US. You gotta think what it was in Arabia, in Arabia in the sixth century, okay? So they made a treaty with them, and they came at night and they killed the whole town. And God, that was the only verse that came without Basmala, which is in the name of Allah, the most uh, uh, clement, the most misericordious, because Allah was not happy. The verse just started: God is innocent from those who, which with whom you ha- you have made peace, or you have made the, made the treaty. So you gotta understand the context, the context of where the verse have come, and you gotta read the whole Quran. I mean, you can't you you can't read just uh, a few chapters or uh, or few chapters that have been passed around to judge the Quran or the Bible or the Torah for the, for that matter. So I mean, I I don't understand what is the problem. Why people can't grab a book and just read it, a whole book? 
I mean, they, they read Harry Potter, they read everything, but they talk about Islam more than they talk about Harry Potter, but yet they're willing to talk about Islam and judge Islam without, without even knowing what the book says. Okay, so uh, uh, I'm sorry, you asked me a question before that. Yeah, it was about uh, whether objective morality is real, and uh, you did answer yes, and uh, and then you uh, referred to something under Islam as uh, an example when I'd asked you for an example of objective morality. So I, I, I would I would have used I would have used other uh, other religions to point out because I believe in Christianity, I believe in Judaism, I believe in every religion that preceded Islam. So, okay. but unfortunately, I'm uh, I'm not well versed in uh, in uh, in uh, in their books. So okay. I would not be able to, to, to do that, but I will defend them as well. Because mm-hmm. I'm just talking about what I'm defending here. I'm defending that, that, that the God that made the universe made a set of rules for it. Okay. Those set of rules, you might disagree with them at times as an individual. You, you you're might, talking you about might, natural laws now, right? Or are you talking about objective morals? I'm t- okay. I'm talking about everything that, that accounts for, for the laws, for everything, for like when God made his universe, he made God in the Quran says, yeah, I, I don't understand. I, I okay. believe you must be speaking Arabic. I don't understand okay. Arabic. I'm so, sorry. Okay, so God, in I think like in the seventh, uh, seventh verse of that chapter, he says, He has raised the heavens and created the scale, the scale which is basically the balance, the law for everything to. to, to to, to happen. So God for his universe, he has this set of rules. We don't have to get involved. In the Quran, we were told that every one of God's creatures has refused this responsibility to take the test. And we did accept that. And when we did accept that, I accepted it and you accepted it and he accepted it. Everyone on earth accepted it, that they're going to take the test where they will be given the choice, where they're not going to uh, uh, worship God by uh, uh, by uh, by necessity, but they will actually be given the choice and they will worship the God. And then if they win that test, then they will win something that is great, which is heaven for eternity. It's a tough test. And God said that human has transgressed against himself by by act, by, by taking on that challenge. So, well, okay. So let me just ask you. Verse, we forget- second, chapter four, verse 89 does give people a choice to believe or not with a consequence attached to it. If they don't believe, then they can be killed. So that sounds like coercion to me, which is one of the things that I listed in my opening statement as uh, as an issue with um, as an example of uh, a cause of societal moral decay. So I, I do think that that's problematic. That verse is a problem. It's um, it's a serious problem. And uh, unless uh, yeah, and uh, I unless, like I said, to... unless you go back and read the contest, let me let, let me let me ask you a question. Please. Yeah, sure. Uh, okay. Uh, do you believe that polygamy is wrong? What do you mean? Do I believe in polygamy? It, no, no, uh, I not believe in polygamy. It's not religion. I mean, do you believe? Do you believe it's immoral? Nope. Um, as long as all the people involved in it are consenting adults, I don't have an issue with it. You know, um, in fact, it is. I think Robert uh, Sapolsky's talked about this. He's uh, uh, he, he's a scientist who uh, talks about uh, uh, a lot of uh, evolutionary biology, I believe. He talks a lot about biology and, and how where morals come from and things like that. A very interesting uh, person to, to listen to. He's um, uh, 
he's talking about, I was just listening to something the other day where he was talking about how uh, uh, multiple people involved in a relationship, uh, non-monogamous relationships were not uncommon in the past. And he's uh, comparing DNA, uh, the Bonobo population, uh, the Bonobos, um, we share about the same amount of uh, uh, DNA and genes with them as we do with chimpanzees. Um, the bonobos are quite peaceful and they have polygamy. Uh, it's quite common, whereas the chimpanzees are more thor- more um, uh, kind of uh, competitive and quite hostile to each other. And he was saying that we've got uh, a little bit of each of them and uh, it uh, makes us a very interesting species. But uh, polygamy is something that there are people who practice it and practice it in a healthy way. Um, there are monogamous relationships that people also practice in a healthy way. Um, then with both of these groups, there are people who practice them in unhealthy ways and that are creating a lot of problems. So um, I can't put a blanket statement on it and say it's all good. That's why I put the condition there that people have to be. Okay, do, you realize that, do you realize that's one of, one, one of the uh, top 10 lists of things that uh, Islam gets attacked for? That Islam what? Gets attacked for. It does? Yes. Uh, like, I, I know that Islam limits so that a woman can only marry one man, but a man can marry multiple women up to a certain number. Yes, and that and, was and a reason, that, and it is discouraged, too. It is, it is sexist. It is discouraged it is, in the Quran. It is sexist. Okay. And that's, uh, that's a form of bigotry that's also contributing to um, uh, societal moral decay, in my view. This is not an atheistic thing. This is an Islamic standard. No, but uh, here's the deal. Uh, in the Quran, it is discouraged. And the reason that polygamy was allowed, if you listen to scholars, is because back in, the, back in those times, it was often wars. And after the wars are over, it was very few men left in in the, in the towns. So one so for for these women not to recourse to I don't know other sources or whatever and not be able to marry someone or something, they were allowed to they were allowed to do polygamy to for a man to have more than one wife. You can imagine how many people die in the war where people face each other with a sword and only the the, the, the winners would come back. So you can imagine. The few that are left that flee and go back to the town, whatever, will be fewer men everywhere, and even even the winners will be would be fewer fewer men. So the women, it would it, it would. So when you say it's a sexist thing, that's I mean that's subjective. That's in your opinion. Yes, but, it is. It yes. is my opinion. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. Okay. I do uh, okay. So just a moment. So I just want to jump in really quick. Is that in sure. just a couple of minutes? We'll, get, we'll kind of let you guys wrap up this in the open discussion, and then just a couple of minutes we'll have to go into the Q or. Uh, before the Q&A, the closing statements, and then the Q&A. Okay. So, uh, so I was saying, I said it, it, is, it, is, it, it is just in, uh, in your opinion and something else to, to tell you is that most people don't agree with the – that most, mo- most people that actually uh, 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 subscribe for the subjective morality actually don't subscribe to, to the opinion that you just gave of polygamy. Okay? And now let me, let me ask you a, a further question. When I was talking about polygamy, I was talking about polygamy like within the marriage, like where 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 the, where the woman is actually because I don't I don't I don't think in, in Utah a woman can marry more than one man. Oh yeah, it's a problem. Talk. It's got the same yeah. problem. So okay, so 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 let me so let me ask you a question. Uh, is it okay for polygamy outside the marriage? 
is it okay? Is sex outside the marriage okay for you? If all the people who are married in, in the marriage agree to it, then yes, it's okay. Um, that's, uh, but there are people who have a very black and white authoritarian uh, perspective on this because they think that uh, certain rules must always be followed no matter what. Um, I'm through this conversation, uh, you've not been able to provide me with objective morality, an example of it. Um, you've not successfully anyway, I don't think. And it's the, the subject of this debate is if atheism leads to societal moral decay. And I, I don't think you've really made any argument to that effect. Um, you know, we've got a little bit of time left. I'll give you time if you want to make a, a knockdown I mean, argument for it. You know, I mean, I, 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 I tried, but, uh, you, you, you got to admit that you went on some derivatives and, uh, and, uh, and you did not, uh, you, you, you did not answer the questions like when I when, when Which I give question, you a question did I not answer. Go okay. ahead and ask me. Okay, so when I ask the last question, and then we're going to go into those closing late, statements. Do you, is that sound sex good, Samir? Outside, Samir, does that sound good? Okay, sure. So, uh, sex outside the marriage leads to so many problems in the society. We have kids that are born without 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 fathers. We have kids who are born with unknown fathers. We have yep. kids kids who are not being cared for. We have kids who are not who are living in a family where uh, where where there is no father figure. So these kids tend to tend to grow up. A lot of them. These are just the statistics. This is not what I wanted to be. But a lot of them end up end up growing to uh, to, to 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 follow some. They 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 they, they either uh, grow up to be into drugs or in, or into crime or into this or into that because it because they just started they they just started on wrong foot. Without without it being anything of their fault, but yeah, that's, that's actually that, a wrong assumption. Um, the in I mean, these are just the facts. where we we have social programs where there are um, parents who are matched up with these kids to help them. Uh, there's a lot less of that goes on. Um, there's it does happen. I won't deny it. Um, but there are all kinds of really good programs in certain countries where things get turned around and are a lot better. So where a family unit falls down this is why it's so important that the society is there to to pick up and and keep things going and keep everybody safe because the fundamental role of a government is to ensure that all its citizens are protected and and one of the ways that a government can go about protecting its citizens its populace is to make sure that there are um, safety nets in place for people who fall outside of the expected norms of society and then they so can also have, have a good opportunity as well. So but you have not, a question for me, right? Yeah. So why I, not just I do have, have to just before because we, we have gone for the open dialogue for a while. I, I is that as not sure if we got to that question. And I do we didn't get to the question we, yet. No, it's imperative. Uh, Samir, if we if you if you got to just ask the question in like eight seconds and then let Randolph respond and then we got to go to the closing statements. OK, uh, well, I believe that subjective what, morality that's, but i believe isn't like a question i need you to ask the question because okay. okay well like i've tried to move us into that uh next mode several times okay i i i apologize if uh if i didn't uh uh no problem say what i'm supposed to say no worries uh, okay thank you james uh so here's my question why should we allow for something wrong to happen to try to pick up the crumbs and I don't know about how it is in Canada, but I'll tell you, I live in the United States, 
And I'll tell you that the problem is not being fixed by the government as much as you think. I, I, I tell you that there are so many of these, uh, what they call uh, 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 baby's daddy or baby's mama, or whatever we're, we're, what you say, where, where, where these kids are, are I mean, how, how is the, 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 the government is just, it's, it's just stepping in to maybe uh, maybe offer them uh, offer them some uh, some food stamps or something or some school supplies or whatever to to to, to what say but it does not replace the father figure the question is why allow for this morality that allows for the sex outside the marriage that creates whether the person is married it creates a problem in his marital life whether the person is not married then it can create problems in the society that have to be picked up by the government why, why even go there? In a monogamous marriage, if the parents are abusive physically, um, emotionally, sexually, etc., um, that also creates serious problems in society. So um, regulating and, and legislating, uh, I think, is what you're hinting at, legislating marriage so that people absolutely cannot go outside of the marriage, is it's going to happen anyway. People will have affairs, unfortunately, um, and or people will agree to polygamy, or people will or people will agree to be swingers or things like that. These things are uh, fine, you know. Again, this is uh, I don't I'm not under any illusion that the government can fix magically fix all the problems in society, but the government can put social nets in place to help increase the uh, the chances, the probability of people coming out better in the long run and having a better quality of life down the road. A lot of people who've been through these bad um, families uh, very often want to create families of their own later on in the future that don't make those same mistakes. So they still learn from it. And this is very important. So you um, see, uh, you're answering me about the time. Especially I'm okay with that. paying into, so just 30 more seconds, James. I'm okay with paying into uh, a system that provides more social nets for people, because I know that more people will benefit in society and society is better as a whole. This might be a good opportunity. Uh, Samir, we'll give you a chance to respond in the closing statement. So we'll give you about two minutes to respond in a closing statement, and then we'll give Randolph two minutes for his drawing together the threads of this debate as well on his side, and then we'll go into that Q&A. So, folks, if you have questions, feel free to submit them. And I want to remind you, folks, our guests are linked in the description. So if you'd like to hear more from Samir, if you'd like to learn more about our guest views, whether it be Samir or Randolph, you can by clicking on their links below. And with that, Samir will give you a chance for your closing statement. Okay, thank you. So uh, I'll try to make it fast. Uh, the, my point is that I don't I don't expect the government to pick up the crops. I don't expect the legislation to come in and fix those are not the morals. I'm talking about the morals within each individual. I don't need the government to guide me to tell me not to cheat on my wife or to have a sexual relation outside uh, of the marriage or or, or or even worse, an unprotected sexual relationship outside the marriage. Those are individual morals that lead to that, and they have a lot of consequences. And it, it feels to me that atheism that that that, that is almost almost asking for this this world where where there is no right and wrong which is a defeated statement because if i believe that it's wrong then i'm wrong to believe that that is right and wrong and, and so if i'm wrong that there is a right and wrong that it makes it that is wrong because i'm wrong and if i'm not wrong that i'm right that is right and wrong so so my point is, what the point that i'm saying is that we cannot allow for this we, we cannot allow for uh for problems to happen based on this open-mindedness 
to just let things happen and then we're going to pick up the crumbs. We can't say that we're going to have slavery and then we're going to try to fix it later. We can't, we can't, we can't say that we're going to have sex outside the marriage and then uh, somehow we're going to, we're going to have programs to, to, to fix things after. I mean, the religion, the religion is objective morality prohibits all that. It prohibits you from, from, from slaving people. It pro- prohibits you from, from uh, having sex outside the, 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 the marriage. It prohibits you from, from all kinds of these things that are, that are supposedly becoming becoming a uh, everyone's free will and choice. Like everyone now has this this choice to create his own mo- mo- morality, which is fine by me. I mean, if somebody wants to live by their morals, I don't, I don't, I, I, I'm not, I'm not obligated to live by mine. But what I'm saying is that I believe I can, I can have a position that subjective morality does not work because it is ought to be progressive morality and it will progress at different places around the globe and around history and it will create a chaos uh, in especially now in the 21st century where we're communicating where the whole world is communicating together you don't need to travel for a month to get to europe now you can be in europe in a few hours you can be in africa in a few hours could be so the whole world need to have some morality that 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 binds the world together we cannot have we can, we, we cannot have this world where there is this Subjective morality, where it's different everywhere else in the world, it creates a problem, and that leads to that leads to consequences. And my fear with that is the way it's going and the way it's leading. It's going to be a time when the atheist, uh, 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 progressive moralist, is has the upper hand. I'm pretty sure it will be persecution of and the theist, objective moralist. Time. Thank and you. That's my fear. Kick it over to Randall for his closing as well. The floor is all yours. Wow. Covered a lot of topics there. Atheism is not asking for no sense of right or wrong. It's uh, it's it's an incidental factor. This is up to individual atheists who want to live well in society and will abide by the laws of that society or try to improve them, usually. Uh, some people try to make them worse, which is why we need to have open discussions and people think about the decisions that are being made. One of the, the greatest ideas for making laws has been from uh, John Rawls in his theory of justice. Look up the veil of ignorance. I won't review it here because it'll take too much time time. Um, there's, uh, I, I just want to clarify one point too, uh, in case anybody has the wrong idea about it. I am not making the assumption that any deities exist here. Um, I just, it's not really the topic of this debate. So I'm not, I haven't been focusing on this angle of it. Um, I don't have a problem with people believing in deities. I'm not trying to stop it or anything. Um, Samir, you mentioned that everyone has a choice to create their own morality and that you're fine with that. I'm glad that you are. And then you turn around and you talk about how this won't work because it will lead to chaos. I already specified earlier in the debate that um, I think uh, it's like with philosophy, where if you don't have consensus, you have this uh, progenitor of improving ideas. If more people can discuss these ideas and debate them like we are, hopefully, we can find better solutions to things. Um, you indicated the whole world needs morality. I, I agree with that in a general way. Um, and um uh, you mentioned that we can't have subjective morality because it leads to consequences. Well, and then then you're, I disagree with that. Uh, yes, there will be consequences, but I, I what I disagree with is that there'll be bad consequences. What we've seen throughout history is different moral standards coming in and people taking bits and pieces from different philosophies and different religions and different ideas and putting them all together and coming up with a better system overall. So that's where I, I think um, uh, things need to be. The... Um, uh, 
you mentioned about atheists having the upper hand. This is not a race. If that's how it turns out, because more people are leaving religion, then maybe it's time to ask if there's problems with the religion. And, and I'll just quickly read one quick thing from my opening statement here that I emphasize that everyone plays a role in society, no matter how large or small, in shaping the moral landscapes of the societies within which we live and hopefully prosper in a myriad of ways. This is a common attitude that I encounter with both many religious people and many atheists. This is an individual thing. And I think in a general yeah. sense, we can all have agreement. Seconds. But when it comes down to minim minor points, that's where we'll see variation. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Randolph, as well. And I want to remind you, folks, our guests are linked in the descri description. So if you'd like to hear more about their positions, you certainly can by clicking on their links below. And that includes if you're listening via the podcast, we put our guests below, our guests links in the description box below at the podcast episode as well so want to encourage you you can check them out as well as forgot to say folks if you enjoy controversial debates i highly encourage you you probably have a friend out there who enjoys them as well hit that share button and share this debate with them as they probably enjoy it and with this one or i should say this q a the first question comes from oflamio who says atheism is not a religion samir it is a response to a single proposition what is your religion randolph i uh don't have a religion i never have and i, I don't see myself having one at uh, any point uh, unless some Thing convinces me. Uh, we run a stream every two weeks, every fortnight, asking people to give us a convincing um, to convince us that deity exists. So far, nothing's happened. So I'm I'm still an atheist. <laughs> you got it. And bitter truth says, Muhammad married a child. They're coming after you, Samir. So they're pressing you. They say Muhammad <laughs> married a child. She was six, and when she was nine. Uh, had they consummated the marriage, they say, do you think this is a good way to take childhood rights and old man? Is this, uh, I think they're saying like, is this, uh, okay for a child and old man to be together? Is this really a moral system? Okay. Uh, this is, this is what we talk about subjective morality. And, uh, uh let me, uh, let me explain to you that not long ago, here, just in the U.S., in, 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 in the state or another, the, the, the legal age was was 10 years old. Okay, so if you go past the 10, if you go past the legal age in the 20th century, just past the legal age, then the rest with your subjective morality, you don't have any problem with the, with the, with the, with, with somebody being uh, 20 years younger, 20 years older, 30 years, whatever. I want to say. So, so we established you don't have that problem, but. Right here, you don't have to go back to the sixth century where everything was different. You can look at what's happening right, what was happening right now in the 20th century, just few, I mean, just 20 years ago, and and then and then decide what the circumstances are. Number one, uh, we're, we're talking about marriage, okay? So, okay, because this this is a sensitive point, and I feel like a lot of people don't like to talk about it because uh, uh, they. Uh, uh, I mean, last debate I teach jumped it, but this debate, I uh, I like the grounds of the debate. I'm I'm not looking at the chat, so maybe that's keeping me positive. Uh, okay, so the point I would like to make is that uh, in that time, the thinking, or before that, the Quran tells Quran tells us that 
just gotta press your just because we were running out of time for this question. Okay, okay, I'll, 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 try, I'll, try, to make, I'll try to make it fast. I have a quick time to this. Okay. okay, okay. At that time, people got married and the divorce rate was very low. And it was it was known that both uh, males and females got married younger. That was an exceptional case. That was an exceptional case because it was a it was a prophet, and that girl was had the honor to be married and 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 and, and associated with 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 God's last messenger. So it is something totally unique and and different. You, you 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 don't you don't see it in that time. You don't see that some somebody's marrying uh, uh, a, a younger girl, or whatever. But but what but what do you see? I mean, you 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 can you can you can go anywhere anywhere and you will find that that girls under age are having sexual relationships and they're even having babies. Their whole life getting 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 ruined from that, and they're getting nothing from that. They they're not getting protected. They they're not going to inherit. They're not going to get a uh, a divorce uh, 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 judge to give them the house or the car or whatever because there is nothing on paper because um, everything was outside hi. of the, the marriage. I'm sorry, go ahead. Quick point I want to make, James. Uh, Sudan, um, the youngest age a girl can get married is 10 and the youngest age a boy can get married is 15 unless they get judicial permission to go younger. And there are other countries like that. It's <laughs> abhorrent in my view. This one coming in from Avias Mando says, Samir, why must someone who is trans and bisexual be persecuted by objective morals that label label me as haram or haram? Let me know if I pronounced it right. And then they said, Randolph, cool stash, man. You rock it. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So now I would like to, uh, to emphasize, I said that in the beginning of this interview, I said these are things that I would not. Uh, these are topics that I would not even be uh, 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 having in regular conversation with someone. And here I am having this debate on YouTube and having to bring up some of these points. Uh, I want you to know that for that person who has a transgender or uh, or, or who's a lesbian or who's, I want you to know that not me, not just me, every theist, to them. They love for you what they love for themselves, which is heaven. Okay, so their point, they st they still love you for who you are. There is nothing. They don't hate you as a person. There is nothing against you as a person. And I have nothing against any single human on this planet. All seven billion of them. Okay, and I'll, I'll tell you, every Muslim will tell you that. Every theist will tell you. But uh, having to say what my religion says for me. And my religion tells me that each one of us is a shepherd and each one is responsible for its herd. Okay, this is my, what my religion tell me. So my herd is my family. That's my first herd. And then the bigger herd is everyone else. I can talk to people about different things. It doesn't have to be sexual orientation. It could be anything that I, that I believe is my opinion if they welcome the conversation. If they don't, then they don't. For example, right now here we're in a debate and we're both agreeing that we're going to discuss uh, some topics that we probably couldn't just discuss if we met in a park or whatever. So I want you to understand that uh, I have nothing personally against, I would never be for or even hint to the persecution of anyone for their sexual uh, orientation. Gotcha. And this one coming in from, do appreciate your question. Bitter Truth says, where Islam says humanity is above than religion, but it is teaching hate 
provoking to kill innocents and not allowed to ask questions on its philosophy. So they're saying that it's teaching hate and provoking to kill innocents. I don't know if they mean what they're referring to in particular, but I'll give you a chance to let's my uh, guess is they mean maybe like the alleged throwing off of people off of a roof in some countries if they happen to be gay. I'm just guessing. Okay. Uh, I lived the first half of my life in a Muslim country and I never heard of any incident like that. There is, there are some extremists in every part of the world. There are extremists here in the U.S. There is a guy that stood, that stood on, uh, on the 115th floor of a hotel and started shooting at uh, some people. Those exceptions should not be used as a rule. The Quran does not tell us to kill anyone. The Quran even said that if you kill someone, he said whomever killed a, a soul without a soul, it's like if he killed a whole humanity. So uh, uh, the, the, the Quran does not ask us to do that. And I and I hope that you would not, that you would stop using the, uh, the, the extremist uh, examples to uh, apply and 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 the whole religion and all all the two billion of us who are not doing that, just like we're not judging uh, 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 Europeans, I mean Germans by Hitler, we're not judging uh, uh, Belgians by uh, 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 what's his name, the the, the guy that, that that killed six million people. Uh, uh, or we're not judging Americans by the guy that stood on the roof and started shooting at people. I ask you the same thing. Do not judge the Muslims for what somebody did in, 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 in either in some extreme country or some extremist guy did in, in a country which is not extremist. Either way. Gotcha. I so- remind people to look at chapter 4, verse 89. That instructs killing of infidels. Sorry, James. No problem. This one coming in from, do appreciate your question. Bitter Truth says, Samir, why do you keep... Let's see. They say Islam is teaching, of course. Islam is spreading hate. And they didn't uh, have a question per se attached to that. But this one coming from Jeff Soul says, do you believe in Noah's Ark, which I say, they Jeff says, is a, a myth? I do, do, suspect I'm, I'm that sorry for you, Samir, because I don't think. Okay, do I, believe, do I believe in Noah's Ark? No, the, uh, okay. Yes, I believe in Noah's Ark, but Noah's Ark was not, uh, in our version, it wasn't a global flood. Like it is in the in the uh, 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 Christian version, and uh, it was a local flood. God flooded the region. Uh, whether you want to believe it or not, uh, it's up to you. You can be agnostic to it, but you cannot say that it didn't happen. Because I believe in my religion. Because I have great uh, reasons to believe the whole. Uh, 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 scripture, then I am uh, ought to believe that Noah's uh, uh, Ark uh, did happen. Gotcha. Thank you very much for this question. Coming in from Cameron Hall says, Samir, if Allah told you to marry a nine-year-old, would you do it? Okay. Allah told me to uh, listen to Allah and listen to his messenger and listen to the people who are responsible uh, who are in charge of me. So, which means the government, okay? So, uh, so even if I had such a desire, which I guarantee you I don't, okay? Even if I had such a desire, the Quran instruct me to follow the people who are in charge of me, which is now 
the laws, the regulations of the country that I live in. Okay, and uh, let me ask you, I would like to ask a question to, 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 to the crowd in exchange. I don't know if this ever happens. Since, well, since the subject is morality, and uh, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, James can testify because he, he read a lot of my comments throughout different topics that are totally unrelated to religion or whatever. I was always respectful and uh, kind to everyone. I tried to be uh, the, the, the best I could uh, conduct myself during those uh, questions or whatever. So now I ask if the if we're, we're talking about subjective morality, if my objective morality tells me to try to be kind, I want to ask some people that insulted me in the last video just for talking like this when I didn't insult anyone. I want to ask him, did their subjective morality tell them to attack me? And is it only because I'm Muslim? Because supposedly now we're just talking, I'm talking for all three religions, major religions. And I'm talking about for, for objective uh, um, uh, morals and ethics uh, against subjective morals and ethics. So I, I wouldn't understand why people will carry their hate to me is it because i'm muslim or because i got a little channel than usual or so i'll ask you that what is your what is your subjective morality i hope you put that in the super this one coming in from bitter truth says there's no humanity in islam samir explain if this is wrong but let's see don't lie i come from a muslim family myself so you can't fool me they're coming after you tonight we'll give you a chance to respond <laughs> No, I, I realize I, I realize the the attack would be uh would, would be an Islam. I mean, I, I kind of expected that. I kind of expected that because uh, things like this will happen all the time. I mean, even when uh, Tiger Woods uh, decided not to play in a tournament in Saudi Arabia, I, w I was reading the comments on on uh, Twitter and I was just like, wow, what is all this hate? What was all this hate hidden? So uh, so it, it it shows you that supposedly that's a religion that's supposed to make me hate other people. You would realize that the, the the people that are coming from these religions who are supposedly thought to hate you actually are the ones that love you and the ones that try to spread the message to you. And I'm talking about all religions, whether whether it's us, the Christians, or the or the, or, or the Jewish. We're all trying to tend our hand to you and tell you, let's come find the way to God. But then instead, for you, you will always find that way where you can uh, where you can attack us for our religion, and especially Muslims for some reason. You got it. Uh, and thank uh, you James, uh, just check the Zoom chat when you get a chance. You got Thanks. it. This one coming in from, do appreciate your question. This is from Bitter Truth. It says, Muhammad raped a child age of nine that hadn't reached puberty by Aisha in Sahih al-Bakari. Is this, I don't even like, uh, well. No, this, this is just an insult because uh, Muhammad did not rape a child. That's that, that that is just the question is is phrased in a way to be insulted. So uh, uh, I, I I don't know if you should even answer that. Want to give uh, Randolph a chance to respond? Someone in chat uh, had said atheists can't base their morals on anything, namely they're saying that there's no foundation. Randolph, I want to give you a chance to respond to this idea. Yeah, there's uh, nothing in atheism that restricts us from uh, taking uh, morals, uh, moral ideals from other, from different philosophies. Uh, humanism is one example that's quite common, secular humanism. Uh, but there are good things that can come from religions and different philosophies that we, we will draw from. And usually we will, first and foremost, most of the atheists I know will work within whatever legal system in the society that we're, we're working with. If we see a problem, just like any member of society, 
side. If we see an issue, we will try to uh, encourage our government to make changes through whatever uh, means that are available to us. Thank you. Thank you, James. Yeah, my pleasure. And this one coming in from Mark Reed says, amazing job, Randolph. Samir failed, they say, Samir, I think you failed to show in any way how atheism would lead to society decaying. Got a critic out there. And then Bitter Truth says, my vote for Randolph Richardson. He's clearly the winner. And then, let's see, Mercedes F1 fan said, why did the prophet request his prepubescent bride to scrape semen from his garments? This has come up in past debates. Is this in the Quran or is this in a different uh, text, Samir? Because I know that some people don't, some Muslims don't hold to texts outside of the Quran, but I don't know what this is from, to be honest. I can't remember from the last debate. Okay, uh, the, the, that part, is this from the Quran? Or the, the, was, was that your question or their question? I'm sorry, just the last part of the... They're asking, mm-hmm. why did Muhammad request his pubescent bride to scrape semen from his garments? Okay, uh... I'm not aware. I'm not aware of such hadith. This is not in the Quran. I'm not aware of such uh, hadith, and I don't know what uh, uh, how was the translation or whatever uh, got to them. But I cannot comment on it because it would be unfair because I don't know. This one from Dark Indeed says, Samir, if you believe every religion before Islam, why does it not make sense to be a Mormon? Why? Because Mormonism is not before Islam. Sorry, I couldn't hear you. Because Mormonism is not uh, did not come uh, before Islam, and is would have thought that Islam is the last religion, the last message and warning from God for His creation. Gotcha. This one coming in from Bitter Truth says, Samir, you guys take the Quran from God, which is telling fireballs or meteors, angels shooting on jinn. I think they're saying that fireball yes. meteors according to the quran or angels shooting on jinn or if i remember right that would be demons isn't oh, i was a- hoping the jinn would be alcohol <laughs> <laughs> they say isn't this a great insult of creator if he exists okay let me uh i will ask you i will answer you with the question number one do you believe that there is other life on this earth that is invisible to us like uh uh, uh, demons or or jinns or uh, or spirits or that are brought up in every in, in every other topics, but they're okay to be brought up in every other topic except for religion. And I'm saying again, whether it's uh, I see Christianity being attacked for this and Judaism be, being attacked for this. God said He created those beings. So how He deals with them? If God created the whole universe, believe me, there is there is no supernatural for Him. It might be supernatural for you, but there is no su- supernatural for Him. Okay, so when God tells me that he that that that, that he garnished the lower sky with with the with the planets, okay, and he tells me that the next star the next sky has the stars, okay. So now I start to think, and then I, I start to realize, okay, there's a first sky, okay. Then my, my my immediate surrounding is the solar system. Outside of that, that is the stars in my galaxy, and up to 19, I believe 28, we didn't even know that was something outside the galaxy. So now we'll step into the third sky. So just wait. Maybe science will be, will, will be advanced enough to, to let you know that there is seven heavens, like all three religions do. So we're up to three now. Keep counting. Gotcha. This one coming in from, do appreciate your question as well. Mark Reed says, Samir, an attack on Islam is not an attack on you personally. Do you think that beliefs should be above question? If so, then why question atheism? 
uh, I'm, there is okay. Here's the deal. The deal, the 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 the, the, uh, the approximation that I'm gonna give you, you probably all heard this saying that says, "Do not throw stones if you're glass made out of glass." So now I'm gonna ask you, how do you feel? Because I feel like most attacks on religion by atheists, even if Randolph is not attacking the religion. I mean, in, uh, I do in, a little uh, bit, but okay. I, I, I try no, to focus uh, spin no, on specific ideas. No, I'll give you, I'll yeah. give you a state. You, 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 you state. Oh, I appreciate it. Oh, okay, thank you. I appreciate so, it. So, so most attacks on the religion are based on the principle of I can't throw stones on your on your glass house because I'm homeless. Whether your glass house is religion is is Islam, uh, Christianity, Judaism, whatever it is. Because I'm homeless, you cannot come back at me and tell me this because I do not believe in any of that. So, so I'm just gonna break down your foundation, and I have no foundation for you to break down. That's that's why how. Well, I think you're reflecting on that where atheists are coming from, not having some kind of religious like position. So there's no avenue attack uh, against us because we're not coming from the foundation of making any claims about deities or anything. I guess that's kind of what you're referring to. No, I mean, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Randall. You see, the, the reason the reason I said I like the way you're approaching the topic, because you're approaching it with respect. Mm -hmm. But when I look at some, I mean, you've got to realize that we, all us theists, we hold our God above ourselves, above our parents, above our children. It's something that is very sacred to us. Okay. Yeah. So just like my objective morals are telling me not to insult the other person or their parents, I wonder how the subjective atheist or some subjective atheist think it's okay to insult someone's God in front of them at their presence. So everyone has is, different everyone has different communication styles. And no, I don't I, I don't believe I don't believe that insulting should be should be a right. Well I am an advocate for uh, free expression and even though I try to have really good conversations and I, I greatly appreciate you noticing this about my approach so thank you for for that i i, I do appreciate it a lot um <clears throat> is that even if somebody's doing something that may be distasteful what's more important to me is uh, understanding what the underlying message of what they're trying to get at is i've i've encountered some theists who are extremely hostile to me and to other atheists and yet instead of firing back with other insults i still try to uh, i strive to understand what it is they're really trying to say because then i can address the points and and more than 50% of the time, I find uh, it turns into a reasonable conversation, and we can actually make some progress. So I, yeah. I find this works well for me. Other people prefer to use a more bombastic approach, you could say, and that works better for them, I guess. Um, it's just not my cup of tea. But you see, I'm not going to say they should not be allowed to uh, say something that somebody else will find insulting um, when they're criticizing the religion. What, what I do discourage is making personal attacks on an interlocutor. That's, that's a thing. This one, comes, uh, this one coming in from Bitter Truth. This one's for you, Samir. They say, Muhammad likes his daughter-in-law, and Allah announces now she's Muhammad's wife. She was his stepson's wife. Don't you think this is Muhammad? Don't you think this is Muhammad Quran? I'm not sure what they mean by that. That's what they say, though. Okay. Uh, 
uh, I think there may number be saying... one you gotta number one you gotta you, uh, I, re- I recommend if 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 you can come up with that question from the hadith, which are which there are thousands of hadiths, I'll tell you that the Quran is a much smaller book, and I want you to go read the Quran and read the chapter of Nisa, okay, and I want you to read who are who you are legally or uh, allowed to marry and who you are while well, you're you're not legally allowed to marry and some people and and some i mean some uh, some women that you're now some men that you're not allowed to legally marry you can marry them if some circum, certain uh, circumstances happen so this is just another example of uh, subjective morality and it's also just another example of picking and choosing you got it this one coming in from do appreciate can you canusa pack says samir have you heard of the scandal Maria Kribitia and Muhammad? Uh, no, I have no idea what they're talking about. Gotcha. And this one, last one, I want to get one of these standard questions in because Michael McCaffrey asked this question really early on and has stayed in the entire debate. So, Michael, we're, thanks for being so engaged. Says, question for Randolph, do you accept the premise that our society's morality is... In fact, decaying in general. Like, in other words, like, do you think, regardless of whether or not it's due to atheism or a religion, do you think that society's morality is even actually decaying? I think that's uh, the kind of question that there isn't a straightforward yes or no answer to. And the, the reason is because I do think that there are uh, parts of society where things are decaying morally and other parts where they're improving. And uh, the this is going to vary the the the, uh, the ratio is going to vary from one society to the next so it's it, it, i'm sorry it's not a straightforward answer i'm doing the best i can here for you i, I think it's a mixture you got it thank you very much from or i should say from me to our guests as well as to all of you out there for your questions and for making the live chat lively and want to say though huge thank you samir and randolph it's been a true pleasure to have you guys Folks, they're linked in the description. I don't know what you're waiting for. If you want to learn more about their views, you certainly can by clicking on their links below. One last thank you, though. Samir and Randolph, it's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you, James. It's been a pleasure as always. And uh, it was uh, fantastic to meet you as well, uh, um, uh, Samir, right? Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Samir. It was Thank- a pleasure speaking with you. I, I want to talk with you for a moment afterwards, so hang around. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Likewise, I uh, I really enjoyed the, the conversation. I'm glad uh, it had mutual respect, and uh, and uh, I hope that uh, I have properly used my uh, uh, fourth language to uh, uh, to say to convey what I needed to say. So I apologize if I missed. We had a bit more time we could have got into the, uh, the astrophysics stuff you mentioned at the beginning the big bang and whatnot but that's okay uh, thank you james um and thank you to everybody who's tuning in i appreciate it my pleasure and we'll be back i'll be back in just a moment folks with updates on upcoming debates so stick around for example that one that i mentioned daniel hakikaju and t jump the why is this phrase i'm blanking on this phrase what's the phrase the immovable object the unstoppable force collide this saturday that'll be a fun one so stick around folks i'll be back you should, go ahead shouldn't he be an immovable in an immovable chair 
That's true, in the immovable chair. That's good, I like that. So I'll be back in a moment with updates about upcoming debates like that one, folks. Stick around. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.